when you were preaching recently, the sermon on, uh, on James, faith versus works, I think you said something about um, helpful, when your words are helpful, that is a good Holy Spirit guided thing to say. Mm-hmm. If they're not helpful, you better reconsider them and figure out why you're saying those things. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the, my favorite pastors I listen to, his name is Chris Hodges. Mm. And yeah, he says what the goal isn't to be right. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be effective. And so, yeah. What good is it if your holiness isn't helpful? Right. I, I was talking about during that sermon, like the guys on the strip who have these repent signs yeah. who, you know, you, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you're going to hell. And like, it's so funny because like I side with them in the sense that like what they're saying isn't, it's true. Mm-hmm. Like they put their, they got scriptures. It's just not effective. Right. It, it's just, it's just not helpful. Right. And so when Paul talks about, t- Paul talks about, I think it's in Thessalonians or in Titus or something where he talks about my time with you was not without results. Mm-hmm. He says this to one of the churches he's writing to. That's great. And there's something that tells me about being strategic in the ability to like meet people where they're at and, and so that you can earn their, their ear and their heart, you know? And, and so, yeah, like the way you do something is very important. How you say something is very important. And just because you're right, doesn't mean, you know, you're, 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 you're helpful, right? you know? So, and the protesters, the reason that I think it's not effective versus what, when, when you were just talking, I, I thought of YouTube analytics and oh, like, yeah. you can see the results, you can yeah. see who's engaged, you can see what's going on. And it takes a lot of love and concern for your audience and care for your audience to really care and go into the results and figure out what's happening. So good. Right. Right. And, yeah. I mean, and that's what James was talking about. The scripture I was referencing in James mm-hmm. chapter three, he's like, suppose you see a brother and sister who's in need and you just say to them, Hey, uh, Go get something to eat and be blessed. Yeah, shake the sign at them. Yeah, it's like, and and it's like, was that helpful? Was like, that, yeah, right. You you knew they needed help, and you just said with your words. Mm. So, you know, there's something to say about our. It's it's not just words. It does, you know, it should move into action. Which I talked about. It's not faith versus works. It's not faith and works. Mm-hmm. It's faith that produces good works. Right. And if you have it the other way around, you have religion. You have if you if you're trying to go works that conjure up faith, yeah. you're going to get religion. But if you have that genuine faith that, uh, first John talks about, um, then, then it should produce good works. That mm. should be a, a fruit. And so well, I, you, you could, you could argue all day that like what those guys are doing might be like, that's maybe like you could judge a, you could judge a tree by its fruit, you know? Right. And so, you know, absolutely. Well, with that thought of overwhelm that we kind of started this whole chat with, What are your thoughts on the overwhelm that comes with when you see how much opportunity there is out there to love on people and you just only have so many hours in the day? Sure. Like when I had children, things changed for me where I wanted to disciple my friends and and loved ones out of my extended family and out, you know, I wanted to be a beacon for, for them to like, not that I'm perfect, but I wanted to just be a testimony of, Hey, look, like I've had a rough one and without Christ, like I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I wanted to display that. And one of the only ways that I know to display that is that deep one-on-one engagement with a person like right. that intimate knowing and living life alongside each other. 
And I've just been able to do a lot less of that since having children. Now those, those are my disciples. Like yeah. I'm pouring into those. Dude, guys. there's no greater influence or impact mm-hmm. you'll make than raising a family. Yeah. But there is overwhelm when you see oh, wow, so many people right. that I could love on, you know? And yeah. what's your take on that? I think it just goes back to serving who you're called to serve. Right. You know, and With we're, your gift. in all honesty, I don't, I mean, yeah. we could, we're supposed to love everyone, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we're called to intentionally serve everyone. Right. Right. So in my context, you know, I, I feel like I'm served to, to, I'm called to serve the people I come into business with mm-hmm. or re- business relationships with mm-hmm. and those moments that I have. Um, but then I also feel called to lead Christians, right. like the people in our community mm. and lead them. them yeah. yeah. And, and, and even, you know, with me and my wife, we oversee the small groups ministry, which we have, we have a lot of groups. We've got like 65 groups, uh, over 90 leaders. Yeah. And I'm usually not having, you know, very foundational conversations with them. I'm mm-hmm. usually having conversations about leveling up and maturity and, and, you know, like what's the next step. And, you know, so there's different, there's different calls, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a guy at our church who, who really, you know, feels called to serve people who just come to the faith, like new believers, they, right. they need somebody, somebody to serve them. And so I don't put, I don't carry that weight. Number mm-hmm. one, I mean, I, I, I bear the burden, mm. but I don't like carry the weight. Right. And so the burden allows me to continue to know that that that's what I'm called to. Mm. So I would, I would weigh it. It's almost like I would, I would say it like this. I would weigh who I'm called to serve by the burden I feel. Yeah. Um, when wow. I, when I think about those people. So if you, you should feel a high burden for your family, of course, but then, but then outside of your family, who do you have a burden for in your circle in those, like the next five to eight people in your life. Right. And I felt that with a handful of guys, you know, there was my friend EJ friend that I knew from fifth grade, JR who leads worship at city mm-hmm. light uh, D my barber, uh, this guy named Jake and another guy, um, named, um, I think it was Edgar. He's, mm. He kind of low key fell off, but I feel bad. Wow, good but, job. But four out of five, you know what I'm saying? Good job, Lamar. I know. Let, but one, I, I let took him for five or six weeks. Uh, I, I showed him how to interpret scripture. And, wow. it, you know, I, I did what I was discipled to do. Right. And when I look at the four guys that are still around, they're, they're pillars at our church. Wow. Yeah, like just investing in them. Yeah, just investing in them for a, a season mm. has and I don't say paid off as in like it's paid off in our benefit, but like the eternal ROI, how much more people have been helped because they now are walking in their fullness of right. their calling and serving who they feel like they're called to serve. Mm. D, praying over each person that he's cutting his hair. JR leading our church in worship every week. Jake leading a small group. And EJ just getting married and going to you know live a very awesome biblical marriage awesome. and has been doing and has dated the right way and all that mm. stuff. So, I mean... I think, I think it just comes down to like where you feel the biggest burden. Hmm. Yeah. And some of the things that came to me when you were saying that are one, just like anything else we've talked about when guilt creeps in, whether it's around, Oh, I should be giving him more time or I should be giving her more time. The guilt that would motivate you to go and give that time then ruins the whole objective. And it's good to know, like that guilt isn't from God. No, exactly. God's not making you you. guilty. Right. That's what I need. That's not the shame God's putting on you. You know, uh, Jesus came that we might not be, that we wouldn't, that he wouldn't condemn the world. Yes. So, uh, John three 17, um, or 16 and 17. So knowing that like, that's actually one of the things the enemy uses. Right. Exactly. Because then then you feel guilty Mm -hmm. and now you're carrying shame rather than having this burden um, but dude, I think something that 
I would say that never goes away, you mm-hmm. know, like, cause even as the more you help people and the more you're able to help more people and the more you, the more people you help actually help people that they get help. And it's, it's like a crazy pyramid thing that happens when you just commit a life to right. serving. Um, I have those moments like, dude, I've been traveling too much. I haven't had like a meal with somebody yes. and I feel like this pressure, but should I, should I just let it go away? No, I do feel like it's a little bit of an indicator, but I'm just not going to carry the shame about right. it. Like I'm, there are seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's it, more than balance. I would say it's rhythm. Yes. Rhythm. Th- yeah. 